Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connections, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. From successful pharmaceutical executive to certified image stylist, Astrid Sayas is a dear friend that has found the courage to explore and go for her dreams. And that's why I invited her today. I'm sure her story may also inspire some of you. Hello, Astrid. How are you doing? Hello, Leticia. I'm very excited to be here talking, speaking with you. Well, I'm excited. Well, we are equally excited, my friend. Uh, a little bit background for my listeners. Astrid and I have met each other or met each other probably, I think, 15 or 20 years ago. Right, Astrid? We used to live probably. in the same building. Yeah. And she was kind of one one of the people that you meet even in the corridor of your condo and you start talking and the conversation is so good and so inspiring that you cannot stop talking to her. So um, obviously I'm a big fan. I've seen how you have turned your life really um, from a career that wasn't fulfilling and uh, you will tell us more about it. Uh, to something where you're really right now just shining. I see everything you're doing and you're shining light, you're shining happiness. And I think that's um, that's going to be inspirational. Thank you. Thank you. Makes me so happy to share. Yeah. Yeah. So you've gone the drill because I know you've listened to <laughs> many of my episodes. So I want to know about Astrid as a child. I know you are Puerto Rican. So tell us about that, about uh, your childhood and your family. Well, Leticia, I was born in Puerto Rico. I am the third one of four kids. I have an older sister, an older brother, then me, and then my younger brother. And as a, the third one, it was very difficult for me to find my place, my space, my role in my house. So one of the things that I enjoy doing to escape feeling that was reading. I read a lot when I was a kid, and one of my the favorite subjects was romantic novels, because at some point I bought the happy ending that they promised. Uh-huh. <laughs> I also enjoy modeling. I, rem- I enjoy working. I remember at six years old, I would sell jewelry to my, my neighbors. And you know what? I, I Dancing is another thing that I enjoy. I wanted, what I wanted the most was to get the attention. Attention. I... I have a sister that she took a lot of attention from my parents and she needed attention and I wanted to get attention and I started to explore the fashion, the image, and I was able to get attention through the way that I dress. Mm -hmm. And after many years, after many years doing of internal work on myself, I realized how deep the image is. And the image work, because it's not only what we see in the mirror, it's what we believe about ourselves in the inside. It is the image that we have in our mind and that how that how distorted that was for me. Interesting. And that's so you felt that growing up, sorry to interrupt that growing up 
Um, there wasn't like a, the right match between what you were showing to the world and the and the real you. You know what? I was the right match. No, I was showing an image of perfection or beautiful because that's what I heard. However, I didn't feel like that in the inside. Mm, interesting. And so, but you kept, you know, entertaining and like in your spare time, you like fashion, you are an outgoing person. Were you always that outgoing? No, actually, you know what? No, Tora, not at all. I was very shy. I, mm -hmm. <laughs> I was very shy. And, uh, but you know what? I remember one of the image that I got from my parents is that, oh, she, she uh, has a strong, she has a strong character. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's a fighter that I did get. So, <laughs> so, but yes, you know what? No, I wasn't very, you know what? I was not outspoken and that has changed again with the inner work that I had done in myself. That has changed. And now it's, I, I guess I was like a little bit scared of people growing up and uh, something else that I would have, like very intuitive, something that I have learned that I'm very intuitive And I would sense things from people and then I would say it. And that's why I, I got the title, She Has No Tact, because I would say it and then people didn't like that. So then that, what, that, hearing that a lot, then that I got into more into myself and less outspoken and yes. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So you, you grew up in Puerto Rico and then uh, you were feeling yourself with all these activities and passion. And uh, what did you decide to study? Did you go to, I know you have an MBA, so I know you did go to university. How did you make that decision? What did you study? I, you know what? I enjoyed learning up to today. I, I learned something every day and I decided actually, you know what? It's when I went to Miami to, I moved to Miami to study. I had no idea what I was going to study. And then somebody told me marketing. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to study marketing. And I'm glad because I am very creative and I can, I could, I, I mix marketing with sales and I use my creativity through the marketing. So that's why I ended up studying marketing. And, and then afterwards I, went back and I did my master's in business, which I enjoyed tremendously. I was more mature and I loved it. And I, that's why I graduated with honors. Uh, the bachelor's not so graduating, you know, barely passed. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, that's I a was difference. too young. I was too young. <laughs> that's a difference when you like something or you're committed to something and uh, when you're not, where you're just coasting, right? Yeah, yes. And so you, for the longest time that I known you, you were in pharmaceutical and I would see you sometimes in the morning leave uh, with all your, your stuff to go to work. And then you were a hard worker, as I remember, and very successful. So how did you get into that? I, interesting. I got into pharmaceuticals because you know that we have all we have, we all have dreams and Maybe no, maybe we don't have dreams when we're, we're, when we're young. And one of the things that I heard, why don't you go into pharmaceuticals? My dad worked in pharmaceuticals and that's what I did. I went into pharmaceuticals and that's how I ended up working in pharmaceuticals. And at the beginning, I enjoyed it because I could use my creativity, creating campaigns and, and dressing up and having fun in Little Havana with the doctors. And then at some point I changed and everything changed. And I want, one of the things that I also have learned about me through work, through working on, on me is that when I start complaining, that's a sign, 
If I start, if I say it once, it's okay because I need to let it out. If I say it two, well, if I say it the third time, I'm like, okay, Astrid, you need to do something because complaining, you know, it, it's you need to do something about it. And that's why I decided to jump mm-hmm. <laughs> into the unknown. And that happened, when did that happen? I think that happened in 2012. The first time, that was the first time around that I decided to it's, jump. It's interesting and leave that you said something. Uh, I think it's powerful what you say. When you complain once, you give yourself, you know, like that free pass. It's okay to complain, you know, nothing is perfect. But then that you you were aware enough and, and you caught it like, okay, I'm complaining twice and three times and four times. There's a problem. And I think you've identified something that we all deal with. Like we think that we're going to complain and maybe it's going to disappear. But the truth is it doesn't mm. disappear. It just becomes bigger and bigger. And we feel we feel more trapped into whatever situation it is that we're complaining mm. about. Did you feel that? That you were yes. almost like, how am I going to uh, get out of here? And you just said the first time I did it. So I'm assuming there were other times. So this is getting interesting. <laughs> Yeah. And you know what? I totally, I mean, it's, again, I didn't realize that the complaining, complaining, and I mean, to me, that's a sign in any aspect, in my professional life, in my personal life, that's, that's a sign. And, and yes, the first time, because I did jumped, I opened a business called Rebelde Sin Causa, because that's how I felt, like rebellious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But you know what? The message that I got from my house that if you don't do pharmaceuticals, I mean, that's the only way that I'm going to make money with pharmaceuticals. That was so ingrained in me that, and I learned this after, actually, I realized that in 2018, last year, I realized that. So I started in 2012 creating Rebeldes in Causa and I, I did it tremendously. I was very good. And then at some point I got scared. And then where did I go back? Wow, that, that's, that's amazing, you know, because I don't want to divert the conversation, but as I'm reading a book that's called The Awakened Family, and it's fantastic. And the author, I'll put it in the notes for everybody that, that, that's curious to check because she has a difficult name to pronounce. But basically in this book, what she's saying, and obviously I have two kids, so I'm trying to learn how to be a better parent. And they say that the way we parent is really directly aligned with our own fears. So what you just explained that happened mm. to you, it's exactly what that book said, that your parents, most likely your dad, for his own fear maybe of not making money or not ingraining you, the same fear that you have to have this kind of job, you have to have this kind of, of life to in order to make it. So you really... Are, yeah. When you parent, you really are transpassing. If you don't do it the right way, you, you are transferring your fears to your own kids in a way that it's going to uh, make their life more challenging because then they have to break free from those patterns. Yes, and it takes a lot of time. And, you know, parents need to be conscious about yeah, it. A hundred percent agree. So in 2012, then you had this big year. Uh, that it relate, I relate a little bit to more, a little bit to my episode 20. You, you sold your home. If I remember you quit your job, then whatever, <laughs> something else happened. Your relationship ended as well. 
Yeah, actually, no, in 2020, I took a sabbatical and then I went back to pharmaceuticals, even though I was like, you know what, feeling in my stomach, this is not me anymore. This is not me anymore. But again, that brainwash, the what I, the tape recorder that I had in my mind, pharmaceutical is the only way that you're going to make money. So yeah, in 2012, I went back, but it didn't last that long. First was the boyfriend. I let go of the boyfriend. Then I saw my, my, my place super fast, actually, in, in, in a period of six months. I let go of my boyfriend. I saw my place super fast. And, and then I, I said, I cannot do this anymore. I cannot do this anymore. And then I let go of pharmaceuticals, and that's when I opened Rebelde Sin Causa. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and so you went and did, and did this for how long in, on your own? I think I did it for a year and a half. Then I went back to pharmaceuticals. Mm. So it's, it's really pharmaceuticals, that, I, like the boyfriend that you cannot break free from. It's like you keep going back to for more. Uh, <laughs> to, uh, yeah. The, no, the boyfriend, no. The boyfriend that was done. <laughs> and I learned, you know what? I, and we ended up in good terms. And I, you know what? It's, it's, it's when you're mature enough and you realize, you know what? This is not gonna work it's painful and and he's a good person i am a great person we're both great persons but together we're not good together so yeah, yeah no, but so i was that, saying the pharmaceutical like your career was like yeah. the boyfriend you cannot break free from like you keep going back ah, every, yes, a year exactly. after yeah <laughs> until 2018 until 2018 when i realized why i was doing so that so you had an on and off relationship for like over 50 years or 15 years Yes, it was like a gold handcuff, I call it, the gold handcuff. It was very hard to let it go. Interesting. And so and so <laughs> you went back and then finally in 2016 you started to work towards the path that has led you where you are, right? Even before, I started working on image and and on the image of myself and the distorted image that I have and I had of myself, I started working even before getting certified as an image coach in 2016. And yes, I decided, you know what, I went to, I actually I came to New York and I said, oh, I wouldn't mind living here. A year after I was living in New York for something unrelated of being of my image career, I ended up here in New York. Yeah, I remember uh, someone say Astrid is in New York and I'm like, what? Like that was like, what? she was here like two months ago. And uh, it was quite surprising. And uh, but uh, let me ask you something. When you said, OK, I'm going to quit. And then you say I started working on the image stuff. And, and now we know that this is something you did since you were a child. Do you have anything in particular when you were doing the image stuff that you say, oh, yeah, this is what I want to do? How did you feel like, uh, you know, because this is at the end is, is really what makes you tick, I guess. It's something that gives you joy, something that keeps you excited. Do you have any, anything in particular that your body does or that you feel where you say, this is what I'm supposed to do? You know, it's, it's understanding how deep the image that we get from our parents affects us. That's why I named my company Imago. Imago is image in Latin, and it means how what our parents told us about ourselves. It could be you're ugly, you're beautiful, you're fat, you're dumb, you're smart. How that unconsciously plays in our in the we don't sometimes we don't even want to see it. How that plays unconsciously in our mind, and and until we look at it. And when I understood that, and that happened not so long ago, again, that happened with me working in inner, doing psychoanalysis, 
when I understood that, I'm like, yes, that's where I want to go because I'm a deep person. I don't like to, I'm not a person that I will say, oh, that looks nice on you. Oh, that's a nice color. No, I like to get deep. I like to know why you wear black, why you hide behind big clothes. And I just, I like to dig deep. And when I understood that about image, I'm like, okay, that's where I want to go. That's what I want to do. And that's how I want to help women and men with the image because we all have an image. Like, you know what, even me, even about men, the image of this perfect guy, tall guy, um, muscle, whatever image that we got, that we saw or that we, that we heard. Mm, interesting. And so you went on and started taking all sorts of classes, acting, Toastmasters, suing, astrology you took. Still take, yes. Oh, you still take. Oh, we haven't yes. had that conversation. That's going to be a, a, an <laughs> offline conversation, you and I. Uh, that's interesting. I, I've always been drawn to astrology, I have to say. There's something there that I Neptuno. Also, what are you talking about? Neptuno. Well, yeah, but I didn't choose uh, our company's name. That was my dad, but I guess I, it was ingrained in my brain. Yeah, yeah, I would like to know. I would like to know more about that. You see, that's the deep in me. I want to know about that. Yes. Well, <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, that that's fascinating. So all these many self-help workshops and books, you, they really set you on the right path for you? You know what? No, no. I, I started searching because I, I, I felt that there was something more, that pharmaceutical was not it. And I started searching. I think I started searching a long time ago in, 20, in 2006. And it wasn't until I started psychoanalysis and astrology that I really understand, especially, astro I mean, both psychoanalysis and astrology, they teach me about me. It's like a roadmap. If I know, I mean, those are my energies. I can either, those are conflicted or non-conflicted energy. So which one do I choose? Understanding that about me just gives me the strength and the resilience to do what I do. And also like looking inside of me, why is it that I cannot leave pharmaceuticals? You know, it was, it was very hard. I started in 2012, actually, no, in 2010, I started and 2012 when I went back and I'm like, no, I cannot do this. And, you know, in 2018, I decided if I stay here, I'm going to get sick. Hmm. I, I stopped fighting the pharmaceuticals and I was doing my job. And I remember the day that I told, I was talking to my manager and I said, you know what, I'm done. And he asked me, are you done with the industry or are you done with the job? Because I can find another job for you. And at that moment I stopped and I thought, if I tell him that I'm done with pharmaceuticals, this is going to close the doors for me. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I still get the goosebumps because I said, but that's my truth. Right. So I did, I told him, I'm like, you know what? I'm done with the industry. I'm done with pharmaceuticals. This is it. But you were free. That's, that's the day you broke free from the gold handcuff when you accepted that truth. Yes. And I get the goosebumps because it was a very scary moment for me to say it out loud to the manager. I am done with the industry. Yeah, because it's a point of no return. And I share it also on my episode 20. For me, it was kind of the same. It was everybody was being laid off and they were trying to put like, give, find me a job because I had the visa. And when they offered me something I didn't like and I say, I don't think I'll take it. And they say, you know, this means you're going to mm. lose your visa. And that was mm. major after so many years in the U.S. So, but it happened exactly what you mentioned. It's like, I knew my truth. I knew I wanted the, the visa and I wanted to stay. But I say, I, at some point, it really becomes unbearable, I think. And that's when you have mm. to step up 
And uh, I am sure there are many people out there that are listening to this and are finding certain truths in what you and I are saying. It's, yes, there's something they've been entertaining or working on and, and just they, they convince themselves that they need the paycheck, which is true. We all need a paycheck to leave. But if you commit to your, to your mission, and then that will resolve somehow. I'm a firm believer of that. I agree. I agree. And you know what? One of the things that I heard in your in your episode 20, it was you following your intuition. And I was like blown away because how what how you follow your intuition to go to that trip and learn learn French and and I was like, wow. And even even getting into that company in Venezuela and how that happened and then what happened, the result of that, I was like, wow. <laughs> because it it uh, you know what when you think you're mistaken you mistake or you're wrong it's hard to follow your intuition to believe yeah. yourself it's hard to believe yourself yeah absolutely and well you you did exactly the same when you say you know I want to live in New York and I, and then a year later you make it made it happen so uh, I believe it's just understanding and listening to the signals and mm. what you want to achieve. And then great things happen. So I I follow you, and and this is when we kind of reconnected after the, you were in New York, and we used to have these lunches where we would cheer for each other into what we were doing. And I've been very happy to see what you achieved. So tell us more about what you're doing now, how you're um, helping people find their their true image, and what you're up to now in New York. Okay, so in New. York. I'm a, I am an image consultant. I work one-in-one -one with women for now. I will also eventually, I'm going to be working with men. I have many dreams now. I didn't have in when I was growing up, but now I have many dreams. I also going to, uh, I do workshops as well. And what basically, I mean, what I, have, what I do with women at this moment is I have used all the experience of working in myself to, to find, to help them find their beauty, their inner beauty, and let them shine. So they recognize their own inner beauty. Like, for example, I was working with somebody in Boston, and uh, I was working with this client, and I I saw how conservative she dresses. But then I saw her dancing, and I'm like, okay, so where's that person? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know what? Working in the closet, it, uh, it's very intimate, the closet of each person, and letting go of stuff. I get a lot of resistance from some clients because even though you might be ready for change of transformation, because it's a transformation, it's a process, transformations like that cannot happen like super fast because then when you're going to see, when you see yourself in the mirror, you're not going to recognize yourself or maybe you're not used to getting attention and you start to get attention towards yourself. So all of those things is that I work with them, starting with the closet. I mean, I first starting with the question. I ask them a lot of questions about themselves, how they see themselves, what do they like about themselves? And then it's, we show, we show if we, we were black, there's a reason why we were what we were. Yeah, that's a good point. And that fascinates me then to help dig deeper. And if I can, you know what I was, I was reading a story on, I don't know if you heard Dove, they did a story on beautiful mm -hmm. it and yeah. self-confidence. And actually the story over 10,000 women, a global story, it showed that the women from Africa, they have 64% confidence. 
the women of New of New, no, New York, the women of the United States, only 24%, they feel only 24% of women feel confident. I was like, what? You know what? It's that there's an image of how we're supposed to look. Like for me, it was the hourglass body type. And I did everything in my power to look like the body glass. Like mm-hmm. have like the, the hourglass body type. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get it. Hey, um, I, I was on the chubby side as a child. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, but people don't believe this, although I, and I still carry with me, you know, I'm always very conscious with how I look, but my friends from school, like even now they tell me, they say, who would have said you were the chubby one? <laughs> <laughs> they get upset, right? Because maybe some of them gain some weight, but even my best friend, she used to call me Gorda as, a, as, as the name. As like, that's an image. That's an image that they gave you. Yes, and he, and I really struggled a lot through through um, my teenage years, uh, you know, with weight and how I look. And and now, even if I I'm happy with how I looked, I, I can tell that people see things I don't see, and I'm more insecure than what people see. And I remember one of my well, you remember my friend Rosie, um, and. Yeah. Uh, it, when I learned what you're just saying, when we used to shop together, she was the one that got me into one size less than what I was wearing, usually. Like I would go shop and she's like, you need that in a, in a size smaller. And I'm like, what? Are you crazy? No, that would be too tight, too tight. And she's like, you look great. And she was always me kind of pushing me to wear different kind of stuff and different size and and she really helped me a lot into finding that self-confidence. Like, oh, yeah, I kind of look good on, the, on this size. I never thought. And uh, I think we all struggle with that. No matter how we look, you see the most, I mean, how many models you hear mm-hmm. that uh, unfortunately harm themselves or did something because they were insecure and they are beautiful. I know. And, you know, yeah, I remember, yeah. It's, it's crazy. And now I see my beauty. I was like looking at videos and I was like, wow, I can't believe that I didn't see it. And it's kind of sad because he's like, what? I, I was very insecure. I hear you. And, and so now you're doing it's like, a good oh. job. You're doing a good, you've <laughs> identified, you've identified something you can help a lot of people with men and women, but I guess, uh, women, we have the the reputation for being, you know, having to live to a bigger standard. And, uh, and what the work you're doing is, is fantastic in, in regaining and regiving women that, that self-confidence. Yes. I remember, actually, I remember when I met you last, remember that, that, that Greek restaurant yeah, that you were yeah. telling me how you felt when you wore those business suits that you wear, that you felt confident, that it helps you. You know what? When you are dressed, when you, and not what, it's like when you look at yourself in the mirror and you like what you see, you go out there and you kick, you know, you know, you kick but mm-hmm. <laughs> you feel it, it, confident. It's, it's when you work in your outside and you start to like what you see in the outside, it starts to change something in your inside. It starts, it starts to transform your inside. And that's, I, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. And, and you have something in your, in your webpage, and this would be in the show notes. And it says, to, to, to the lines of what you're saying, it says, the way you look is just like the way you are. There's no separation. And, and this is so important because talking about that, I, I like to dress up. Like when I go to the office, even if I don't have meetings, 
I like to dress up because it makes me feel, you know, um, successful. It makes me mm -hmm. feel that I'm onto it. And then because I also learned that customers do show up at unexpected times <laughs> and then you don't want to be in your flip flops and jeans in your small office. And then what they are going to see is not going to be consistent with the image of a CEO or, a, mm -hmm. or, or, you know, an executive. So I think if you live your life like that also and you find how you are and you can keep consistency throughout, then it's no work. It's just who you are. It's the, people see, oh, she dresses up, but it's no work. It's who I am. Yes. Right? And yeah. So, and so I think it's so important. And people sometimes they just uh, dress a certain way for the part they need to play in a specific moment. Yes. And I, I also like to dig into that. I also like to know why it, it's, I'm just like, it's more aligning who you really are, your inside with your eyes outside. So yes, I also like to dig into that, into that. Fantastic. And so it's like doing therapy because I yeah. feel like I'm already like, it would be like doing therapy. And who would have said uh, just a little while ago, I heard when I went to visit my customer in Boston, I mean, how awesome is that? I know, I know. And you know what? Yeah, that and also you can you believe that I was on a commercial on Monday in Manhattan? No, oh, I, I didn't know that. Oh my god. Well, you're wearing back to basics first. So this is good. We have this podcast before you become really, you know, uh famous. But this is great. I mean, and this is why uh, your story inspires me, and I know it will inspire other people because you're really carving out your destiny in a way that I'm sure a lot of people don't understand. So I, I think that that would be good to touch briefly. Do you feel that your surroundings, starting for your family and friends, like they thought of you like she's crazy, look what she's doing. And, and instead of getting like positive reinforcement, you kind of feel dragged down by them? Yeah, yes. You know what? Not now, but I did. Especially when I started searching, when uh, when in especially when I wanted to let go of pharmaceuticals, I guess I started asking the wrong people, and I will get. Can I mean the question that I will ask maybe wasn't the right question either? Is can you make money doing what you love? And a lot of no. Uh, yeah, you know what I do part time. I, I, you know what I, the money that I make at in uh, in uh, in what I'm doing provides for me doing all of these other things that I like. But however, if you're unhappy, I mean, you spend like eighty percent. Not, a, I don't know. What 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 would you say is per the percent of time that we spend working? Oof, most of the time, for most of us, uh, I think probably seventy, sixty, exactly percent. So for me, it's like if I'm going to spend 70% of time working, I better be happy there. So yeah, you know what? Back then I did get a lot of no, no supporters, but now for me, I could have not done what I'm doing without my support group. It is my village. It is very important to me. And that's what's helping me continue. And, and with that, I, I just feel that I'm not alone. With them, I just feel that I'm not alone doing this. And that's great. And that's how Seth Godin would say it's like you found your tribe. You found the yes. tribe that makes you thrive. And uh, that's Love so that. important. Yeah, it's like you find the people that empower you. And I believe, um, and I did mention this in one of, of the other episodes, it's be careful who you ask, exactly what you said. And at times don't ask anybody, just go 
And every day of my life, I feel for my work or for my, that people look at me and say, she's crazy because it's <laughs> like, I have, you know, in my professional, like in our company, we deal with so many big companies, like monster companies, and we are really an ant in comparison. And uh, so it feels very heavy to have to play in that ball game. Like you are probably a local team and you're pre- playing with the New York Yankees. And and what do they say? Never. You're never going to win. Never. <laughs> but, you know, for me, it's enough to have a good game. It's give the other team a running for their money. It, it's not only about winning. So I think it's it's very important that you do find the people that support you through the journey. And um, I actually want to share this uh, with you and the audience because I just heard it and I think it was powerful. It was um, a reflection by Elizabeth Gilbert that I heard and and Mm. she makes the distinction between hobby, job, career, and vocation. I don't know if you've ever heard it. No. And so I think it's brilliant. She basically says a hobby is something you do And uh, if you stop doing, there's no stakes, there's no big loss or big win. You just stop doing your hobby. You do it because you like it and you feel good about it. Then you have your job, which is a transaction. You get paid for whatever it is that you're doing. And you shouldn't get joy or happiness. I mean, if you do great, but it's not like, oh, I need to be happy because I'm doing this job. They're paying for it. So it's really a transactional kind of uh, relationship. And then... You have your career, and then she says that's when your job is really more like a passion, and you see your entire life building around that career. And then that's a problem if you're not happy with your career, because then mm-hmm. you're really investing your entire life and your entire effort into something that doesn't bring you joy. So if she says, if you don't feel happy in your career, then quit and find a job and get some hobbies. Ah. <laughs> which I think is brilliant. You know, it's like find a job and you get paid for it, get by, pay your bills, but then have some hobbies to keep you happy. And then the last is, of course, vocation. And she said my that her calling was writing and she knew from when she was little. And she, that's something you never stop doing, no matter what. And she made her vocation into her career and she says, I'm happy because it's my career and it's paying the bills. But if tomorrow I don't write good books anymore, I will stop writing. But I, I will stop having a career out of writing. But I know I will always write no matter what. Wow. No, no one can take that away from me. And, you know, she put it in such a simple way that has been very helpful for me. So I wanted to share that and, and prompt everybody listening to think, are you, are you in a job? Are you in a career? Are you lucky enough to believe in your vocation? Do you have hobbies? It's important that we all think about what are we doing with our lives and and to understand that jobs sometimes don't need to bring you the happiness you're looking for. You You can find that happiness doing other stuff. And I think that's what you've done from the beginning when you were uh, studying astrology and, and, and just being curious about other things. Yes, yeah. You know what, again, it's... I, I, it it brings illnesses for me, if I would have stayed doing something that is not me, because it wasn't me since the beginning, I would have gotten sick. And I said, no, Astrid first, I need to follow my heart, my calling. And I think it's a vocation, the fashion, the the fashion, the image, and, and I'm deep. That's one thing that I have learned. 
It's not, ah, you look nice with that. No, let me, let me help you. I mean, why, why are the choices that you're making? Interesting. Well, Astrid, this has been good. I mean, I want to open it to you. Do you want to send any message? Do you want to share? What do you think makes you tick today? What, what, what do you have an open mic now to, to empower a lot of people that are here listening to this? What do I want? You know what you said? I, I don't know if I agree with the fact that do your job and then do things that makes you happy. Because if we're spending seven, unless you're working part time, then yes. But if we're working 70% of the time, I mean, that's a lot of time. I think you need to be happy and, and the money comes. One of the things like, 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 uh, you know, it's, um, the belief that, uh, that you need to, you need to be happy what you're doing. And I'm going to, you know what, the millennials are bringing that into the equation. They are looking for happiness. I mean, I've read, I do a lot of readings and I read what they say that is important to them. And it's not, you know, of course we need to make money, but you know what? We make money when we're happy because then your creativity, then you are creative and then you're open and then you listen and then you grow and then you continue studying because you know what it's like, I remember learning about pharmaceuticals and, and about the medications at the beginning, I loved it. But then at some point I'm like, oh, do I really want to learn about this? No, now I learn, I'm reading a book about style. I'm reading a book about women. I'm reading a book. I mean, I, I read all these things because I enjoy doing it. So it's like my message to People out there, if a sign, if you're complaining too much, look at it. Why are you complaining? And you know what? It's, look at the at the messages that you heard growing up, because pretty sure, you know, pretty sure that there's something in the back of your that tape recorder. You're only gonna make money this way. Is something is plain. And if you, you know what, it's like the workshops that I have done and all that, they were good for some, for just a, a small amount of time. And then after, after that, I will go back to the same until I started digging deep in psychoanalysis and understanding why. That's when I started seeing changes in my life because the, I need to, I need to, I'm always questioning. I need to find answers. Why is it, why did I have that? Why did have that happen to me? Why I cannot let go of this person? Why I cannot let go of pharmaceuticals? I like to understand so I can do something about it. Astrology also has helped me. So just question, you know what, question everything. And if you're not happy, do something about it. I, I mean, it. it sounds easier. It sounds easier. And, and it's, <laughs> it sounds easier said than done. But you know what? It's your life. It's your life that we're talking about. And from you're not happy, from that comes a lot of illnesses. I believe in that. I believe that the body, uh, it, it manifests in somehow in your body if you're, if you're going through stress, if you're not happy. Absolutely. I love it. That's why I knew you were going to be a great guest. I'm sure that you have people's heads spinning. And uh, I invite you to check Astrid out. Uh, all the information is going to be on the show notes. And, uh, and maybe have a session, revamp your image, feel good about yourself. Astrid, I really wish you all the best. You deserve, you deserve a lot of success, my friend. Thank you. Been, you. You've been very brave. And uh, I know you wrote somewhere that your favorite word is daring. And you're definitely ah, yes. daring. You're <laughs> definitely daring to be the best you can be and to live a happy life. And that's why uh, the universe and God is really sending that to, back to you. 
Amen. That's true. And you know what? It's not that I'm not, I am very fear. I mean, I, I have a lot of fears. It's just I dare and I am resilient. So it doesn't mean that you're not going to have fear because you're going to have fear. If you don't have fear, then you're not human. We all have fears. <laughs> I think yes, yes, you know yes. what? It's not letting them stop you. And yes, I am daring, daring. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you, Astrid. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll be watching out to more great things, uh, to read more great things about you. Of course. You. I'm just, yes, a lot to come. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you Bye. so much. And until the next time. Bye.